Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello world of the internet, my name is Simon Miller and you are listening or watching, depending on your viewing habits, to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast, the only wrestling podcast on the planet, guaranteed. Now I've seen my face today, it looks really red, it's because I think I've set my lights up wrong, obviously if you listen to the audio version, you don't need to worry about this, but I like to make sure that everyone is included and here we are, we're back, it's Wednesday, it's half past two. Again, you can always come check out the podcast over on my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash the middle report rules. I would appreciate any kind of sub or view, it's just a fun thing to do. And yes, all of it is supported by patreon.com forward slash simonmiller316, link in the description, or you can type it into a URL, even one dollar helps. What a week we've had. Uh, if you're wondering why there was no second episode of the podcast this week, unfortunately I couldn't get in touch uh, with the person that was meant to be on. We always have a Patreon guest on, on the second episode, and yeah, we couldn't find them. I don't know where they are. I hope they're well. They still have a message from me that is an open invitation for you to come on whenever you should so desire, and I will be recording another episode of the podcast later on today that will go up on Friday. Uh, I scared a lot of people. It would... <laughs> It would have seen with my loud voice. Looking at the comments now, a lot of people terrified about my big voice. I apologize. I do do that. My voice. I tell you what. Quick side note before we get talking about wrestling. My voice does carry. So I give you some. I give you some uh, some examples. In school, I got moved. So my voice was too loud. First ever office job. They moved me right into the corner because everyone said they could hear my voice. Um, yeah, round, so far through the office, I had to be moved. And even the other day, I was doing a job, and I needed to be in a separate office asking somebody questions, and they had to try and move me because my voice was so loud. I am sorry about that. It's just what I do. However, it has... You know, in many ways, help me pay, carve a living for myself, so I'm not going to hate it too much. Right, let's get talking about wrestling this week. Another crazy week, which is weird, really. Usually in December, things calm down. Now, that is a part of the reason what we're about to talk about has happened. But because uh, because it has calmed down, everyone stopped watching. <laughs> Literally, right now, for a long, long time, there are less people watching WWE, at least from a television point of view, that has had um, for a long time. Um, it's kind of weird. We always have to bring... Uh, up the YouTube argument when we do talk about this, uh, or the social media, because I do think there must be a high proportion of people, and it doesn't matter to WWE, they need people watching their TV, I'm not saying it's an excuse, I'm not saying the ratings are good, but there has to be a huge proportion of people out there, especially if you're my age and you've got you know, loads of things going on, obviously the older you get, the more responsibilities find their way into your life, so you have to, like, Let's do it now. You know, I wasn't going to do this. I don't like doing it. But let's, I want evidence to back up my claim. I'm going to WWE's YouTube channel right now. And we're just going to see what some of the numbers are on their videos. It's not what we're going to talk about for long. This has just popped into my head. And I'm, 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 I'm taking over, which I want to do, given that it's Simon is Pro's podcast. And my name is, <laughs> my name is Simon Miller. So let's just find something that was big on Raw. Um, I mean, the, the biggest one I can see is 600,000 views, but even that's slow. I haven't, got, I don't go on WWE's YouTube, right? even their WWE numbers are down. Point being, I just saw a video there for 600,000 views. Now, if you take 600,000 people and put them on the end of a TV rating, that is going to be far higher than the ones that we're getting. So basically, the ratings came out. The first hour was 2.35, second hour was 2.19, third hour was 2.05, second and third hours, I believe, are the lowest second and third hours ever of the modern era, or however we're phrasing it. 
Overall, the lowest rating we've had for some time. Now, this obviously ties into the fact that it's December. People do check out of WWE uh, in December, it's true, and then they come back for the January build to WrestleMania. There's, there's nothing new. You probably know all of that. Then there's the social media argument. Again, if you, if you know that you can go on Twitter and watch a 30-second clip or go over to YouTube and you don't want to sit down and watch three hours, you will. There's also a little guy I know, no hair, uh, where it's clothes too small for him, doing a little show called Ups and Downs. He will fill you in on wrestling too. And make sure you always do that over on What Culture Wrestling. My point being is that it's actually quite hard to figure out how these will rebound and what it actually means for the product. Now, if we do talk about Raw as a whole, I think there are a few things we can take away from it. I genuinely believe, and I said this last week, that Baron Corbin has improved in 2018. I think the GM role is actually quite a good fit for him, but quite clearly it's not translating across to audiences. That ain't a knock on Baron Corbin. I just think maybe he's being overused. And it's too much for people. I don't think, I, th- I think that'd be hard to argue. I think the numbers are there. Um, on top of that, there's not really that much happening. I mean, TLC looks quite good on paper. Happening this Sunday. We'll run down the predictions uh, at the end of the show, towards the end of the, well, towards the middle of the show, I should say. But, yeah, we've we, we got to wait till January. It's weird because, you know, right now, in terms of ratings, WWE are in a slump. There's no two ways about it. SmackDown could potentially do quite low if the whole, was it, like 85% of Raw's audience moves. I don't know whatever that stat is. Basically, it always ties in. Um... But until we get out of the other side into January, things puck up. We don't know, you know what this is indicative of. And I actually thought Raw this week was better than the previous two weeks prior. It was weird. A quick shout out to my man Francisco Uribe in the super chat. When you do the super chat, you get three, three taps on the heart. You're also meant to get an alert here if you're watching on YouTube. But as ever, stupid, whatever that pro, what's the program called? OBS nonsense. What are you called? Streamlabs. As always, Streamlabs doesn't work. Oh, there you go. Just did it. <laughs> now I look stupid. Anyway, Francisco arrived. Much love in the world. Hello, Simon. Greetings from Chile. Love your work, man. I appreciate that. I love the fact you watched because if you didn't watch, I wouldn't be able to do what I do. So thank you very much. Um, yeah, I, um, I, we need to see how it's all going to play out, and I thought Raw was better. The big thing that we need to talk about is the whole Seth Rollins promo that started the show. This seemed to divide a lot of people because he essentially came out, and he was the surrogate. I said this on ups and downs. He was the surrogate for us, and he said everything we've been thinking over the last few weeks, and that I've seen over here, you know, doing my podcast, and what culture, whatever, you know. Why are you treating the revival like this? What the hell is Lucha House Party rules? Why does Brock Lesnar not turn up? Where's the Universal Championship? Uh, and there was loads. It was absolutely loads. I can't even, you know, why aren't you using the, the roster better? It's all well and good saying that, and I applaud WWE for coming out saying it, as long as it means they're listening and the show is going to change. I mean, there were hints of that in the sense that Bobby Roode and Chad Gable won the tag team belts from uh, the AOP. The AOP have really suffered since they've come to Raw because they came up, they had a good start, then Paul Ellering left, then they vanished, and they came back, won the championships, then got put with Drake Maverick, which I liked until he started pissing himself, and now they've lost the belts again, and it's almost like it, you know, it just vanished into nothingness but it all depends on the fallout now I don't expect to see many changes to January and obviously there's the argument too that you know the fact that Baron Corbin responded saying it's my show go away I don't care could be the way that Vince McMahon feels about it we don't know so it's going to be an interesting few weeks is my point I think we've got to get through TLC then we get the there's a show on Christmas Day and a Smackdown on Boxing Day I imagine they will be the most nothing shows ever no disrespect to those shows but you've got to imagine that 
they're not going to put invest too much on a show they believe not many people are going to watch. Then we get to January, New Year, build to the Rumble. Got to start that hard because there's not even been any teases for that right now, which I get. You got to get through the TLC pay per view first, and then we can kind of um, we can kind of figure out where we're at. But I saw someone in the comments says, do ratings even matter? I mean, they do and they don't. They don't to you and I, but they certainly do from WWE's point of view. Because don't forget, for the next five years, the reason WWE is going to have their most financial successful years ever is because of the new TV deals they've signed. Fox are what, paying them a billion? USA Network are paying them a billion? If you get to 2024 and you don't have the same numbers, you're not going to get the same money and that's not good for business. Maybe by 2024, we're ready to move all this stuff onto the network. It seems crazy to me, because how do you make a new audience when you're already asking people to give you money? But we don't know. Who knows where the world is going to be in 2024? So it's going to be an interesting few years, to say the least. But I can imagine that nobody in WWE is pleased um, that they're this low. I mean, nobody, after last week, you think, oh, maybe we'll rebound. Clearly, an effort to rebound, and you find out you've actually gone down more. You start asking the question, what do we do? Because nothing we seem to be able to do is working. But I did like the Seth Rollins stuff. I thought it made him... It got more babyface support, which is right now what he needs. The problem being is that they heavily promoted in the first you know, half an hour of the show that we are going to get Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin in a TLC match. And again, the rating comes in at 2.05. So people didn't hang around for it. Again, the three-hour show has to you know, factor into that. How on earth could anyone be expected to watch three hours of wrestling and for five hours of wrestling every single week when you've got life in the way too? I always say this, entertainment is like a budget, right? You have a disposable amount of entertainment time that you can use up and you've got to decide how you want to do it. Three hours of Raw is a heavy investment. Uh, which way should I ups and downs? That's why I watch wrestling so you don't have to. Uh, what else did I want to talk about? Well, there are other things that maybe that are, are affecting this too. And I know I've talked about this before and I'll talk about it again. I make my same caveats that I always do because it makes me feel, uh, just reassure myself that I've done it. I just think everything with Natty Neidhart and Ruby Riot and Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns. Again, if everybody involved and the people grieving are happy to do this, it is not my place, in my opinion, to criticize because everybody deals with these things in their own way. For example, if I lost a friend or family member and I was a wrestler and someone said, Simon, do you mind if we do this? I said, no, you know what? I don't mind that at all. I think they would enjoy it. I think they'd get a kick out of it. They'd find it funny. And then someone came up to me and got, I disagree with that. I'd be like, okay, that's cool, but please let me deal with this in my own way. Hence why I always say that. But from a fan point of view, I didn't necessarily enjoy or feel comfortable seeing Natty Neidhart's, you know, late father, Jim the Anvil Neidhart, pasted over a table just so that Ruby Wright could throw in the line, you know, I'm going to put you through this table at TLC and you'll be closer to your father than you have been for a while. And obviously the whole Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose stuff, Dean Ambrose doesn't care what Roman Reigns thinks, we're still talking about it. Is that turning people off? I don't know. You let me know in the comments. You let me know what you think. That's a, you know, that's a good litmus test out of everything. But... I just, I, don't, I just don't like it. I just don't personally. I'm, I'm not against it, but I don't like it from an entertaining point of view, especially because Natty's promo up to that point was quite good. I thought she'd used everything with Jim Neinhardt sunglasses to get me to invest, to get me to buy in, to get me, you know, I'm not saying I'm excited about that feud, but allow me to, to enjoy it more. And then you get that and you're just like, Oof. also, the Wrestling Observer made, made a great point. Natty Neinhardt's first, um, first line of her promo was, usually you see me come out here smiling and she did walk down the entire ramp smiling. Brian Alvarez went mental about that. It really made me chuckle. Sometimes I like to be quite astute with those things. I missed that one. Yeah, that that really made me that really made me crack up. But yeah, look, it's an interesting time to be a wrestling fan, no doubt. I think at this stage you've got to be a diehard. And it's not you, you notice the the fallout as well because it's not just 
WWE that sees ratings go down. It's an interest in wrestling in general, be that shows such as this. I mean, I'm actually doing all right, so thank you very much. Numbers keep going up for me, so that's very kind. Tell a friend. But you will see it in other ways. When the interest goes down, I think it's more like people just check out of wrestling altogether. They'll probably read a report, again, watch shows like Ups and Downs, blah, blah, blah. But mostly, their brain is like... That's that's that. Let's you know. Let's let's just have a rest. I'm excited about the Rumble. I'll enjoy the Royal Rumble. So I'll come back in then. So maybe WWE knows that to a point of view. The other thing is they shouldn't react to this, the rating that is, with anything too severe because it takes time to build the show back up. Again, I thought this show was better than the last two weeks. And if now they don't do anything too reactive and we slowly keep better and in a few weeks we go, oh, look, the show's really good. Bobby Roode and Chad Gable are great tag team champions. Baby faces are winning. They're not made, you know, they're not made to look like goofs. It's not just heel heat all the time. That's when the ratings will go up organically. I hate that word, but it's true because word of mouth will spread and there'll just be a better general demeanor about WW, but that takes time. You can't react to these things too much. Uh, Michael McLean in the super chat, you get the heart slap. Uh, I usually check out until the rumble. Here we go. My man Michael knows. My friends and I throw 20 bucks in and draw three numbers. If the number you pick is the winner, you win 200 bucks. That gets me back into it. As usual, great show, Simon. Thank you, Michael. I like that as well. I like the reason you get back in is because money's involved. I get it, man. Loads of people do do that. Uh, and I know loads of cat my, all my casual wrestling fans will only start really getting back into wrestling in January when the Royal Rumble builds up because the Royal Rumble concept is so, again, not only is it so easy to understand, and if you don't like wrestling that much, you can get it or you've got passing interest. But also, as you say, Michael, you can bet money on it and it's cool to win. And it, it's like when you watch a football game, right? If you've got money on the football game, even if it's two teams you don't like, you're invested. So let's say you pull out Epico. In, in your draw or whatever. I mean, he's not going to win, but he could win. Not, but could. And that allows you to be more invested in the product. So it does work. On the subject of the Royal Rumble, I haven't done this for a while, but as I've just said, not trying to, you know, toot my own horn here, but right now my podcast is more successful than it ever has been. Again, thank you so much for all the support. So I may do some kind of Royal Rumble sweepstake. I don't know how that will work, but I'm going to figure something out. But I want to know if people would want to do that. So if you're in the comments right now, let me know. Tweet me at Simon316. Let me know if you want me to come up with something where... Uh, it'll be no profit for me, just a way that we can put everything into a hat. So you have to gamble something, but you also get something back. I don't know what that's going to be. Um, I need to figure it all out. But if you'd like to do something like that, let me know and I'll figure out a plan. Again, it'll be non-profit, which sounds weird. I don't want to make any money off of it. I just want to do something fun for the Royal Rumble that's good for you and the community and, and all that kind of thing. Right, tying everything into SmackDown as well. We don't know the SmackDown rating right now. And I only say that because obviously I focus on those ratings quite heavily. I thought SmackDown was a really decent show. There are a couple of things I didn't like, which we'll get into. And again, SmackDown Ups and Downs is probably up now, if not very soon, so you can get my more detailed view there. But Daniel Bryan, I'm always happy to say when I'm wrong. And I will still admit that I don't necessarily like the angle being he wants climate change, and therefore I'm meant to hate him. Because if you're into climate change, weird turn of phrase. But if, if you know about that kind of stuff, you understand that it is important, it is a big deal, and it's not really a bad thing. However, that's not really what we're talking about here, is that Daniel Bryan is so... Uh, you know, audacious with it, and, he, and he's a bit of an asshole. Like, he started calling people parasites now, which I just thought was fantastic. And the character is great. And it's, it, again, it ties into one of those amazing things where you can say to anybody, oh, Daniel Bryan's not only going to return in 2018, but he's going to have quite a lackluster face run because WWE doesn't know what to do with him. And then he's going to turn heel and be the best heel probably in the company, or at least top two, and he's going to be world champion when he does it. No one would have thought that was coming. That would have been an amazing prediction to make in January. And yet here we are, and I think it's exactly what Daniel Bryan needed. Like I love the yes Daniel Bryan. He's probably the most you know relatable wrestler's 
in the history of wrestling. But this character, I mean, it kind of does sum up wrestling in 2018 that I'm enjoying him because he's a bad guy. I mean, if that isn't the death of kayfabe, I don't know what it is. But whatever, we moved on. We are where we are. But I just love him. I love him. He comes across like a right prick. I believe he believes everything he says because probably on some level he does. You know, he's very, very much, uh, you know, green focused and everything like that. So a lot of people probably do piss him off when they don't do these things because he understands how important it is to try and, you know, keep the world uh, in, in good shape because obviously he's right. Um, quick shout out to 101 Gooseman as well in the super chat. Tap on the heart. Good day from Australia. It's 1.40 a.m. here. Great work. Jews, dude, thank you for staying up. I appreciate that. I think we've got some dudes on the podcast from Australia soon too. I always get a kick out of knowing that people around the world are watching and listening. I mean, it's badass, right? It's cool. Thank you, 101 Gooseman. Much appreciated. Uh, yeah, but Daniel Bryan is just, is just so much better. He feels relevant again. I really hope they don't take the title off him on Sunday, which they could do, but I'm going to guess that would be a bad idea, so they won't. It's just everything you needed to sort of, you know, get that character back to where it's meant to be and inject some, some personality uh, into him. And I can't wait to see where it goes. I hope it's a long-term thing. Obviously, and he had a match with Mustafa Ali on SmackDown. I, I saw it advertised on Twitter or Facebook, wherever it was, that we're going to do Mustafa Ali versus Daniel Bryan. I know I'm a very specific and different wrestling fan from the mainstream because I watch it all the time. That would have been a reason for me to tune in as I've got to see that match. And it lived up to my expectations. Obviously, it's only a two-hour show, so it didn't necessarily go as long as I would have liked, but I absolutely loved it. I thought it was fantastic. You know, Brian put him over straight away by saying, you're the heart of 205 Live, you're a lot like me, and then got mad at him because he drove an SUV, and obviously, and the best thing about that was, you can get mad at someone driving an SUV if you're of that, uh, you know, the, the ilk. But Mustafa Ali had a baby face answer. I got a family and kids, man, I got to drive him around. Great match. Mustafa Ali could shine anywhere, Raw or SmackDown, just from his in-ring work alone. He's so good. I've, I've always liked him. I don't know what it is. It's just something likable about him, I guess. Yeah, it's a great start to SmackDown. Instantly, I was invested. I was like, well, this is fantastic. Um, other stuff that I want to talk about as well, kind of tying into that and looking at the end of the show, we had Charlotte versus Oscar. And for me personally, I don't mean this to sound patronizing. I really don't. So if it does, you'll have to forgive me. But the, the reason that I liked it the most is because... It didn't feel like lip service from WWE anymore. It didn't feel like they were putting the women in the main event just because it was something to do. I felt like um, I felt like they'd earned it. Like you, you, you couldn't put anybody else in the main event of SmackDown other than Charlotte and Oscar. It's the match that I wanted to see. I knew they were going to pull it off. Obviously, Becky Lynch is smashing it right now, and they told us that she was going to be at ringside. So it's ticked all these boxes, and that's what the women's revolution is all about. I get it. As a man, I don't want to sound like I'm stomping or anything. If I am, just tell me I'm a dick. It's fine. But that was really, really cool for me. And it goes for TLC as well. I want to see that TLC triple threat women's match for the SmackDown title in the main event. It's the thing I'm most excited about because the story just makes so much good sense. And this rock, paper, scissors thing that WWE has created, you know, works brilliantly. Charlotte beat Oscar at WrestleMania. And then was it Be Charlotte? Oscar's never beat Becky, but Becky's beaten Charlotte, whatever it is. It's absolutely revived Oscar in two, three weeks, which goes to show that no matter how much you job somebody out or, or, or don't give them a good story, you can always rev them back up. Um, and I can't wait. Like, I genuinely can't wait to see how, how it all plays out. Now, we can talk about the finish to Charlotte versus Oscar, which was a bit strange and a bit convoluted. But hey, look, it got me intrigued. It got me asking some interesting questions because it did end. A great match, by the way. Not as good as the WrestleMania one, but that's one of my favorite women matches in WWE ever. So, but a great match all the same. And it ended in similar fashion to Survivor Series 2018. So, Charlotte, even though she was kind of in control... I mean, I don't know why they did it, because they don't want to give anything away before Sunday. But in terms of a kayfabe storyline perspective, Charlotte seemed in control and yet still lost it and whooped Oscar's ass with a kendo stick. Then she beat up Becky Lynch for a while, then rock, paper, scissors. Then Becky Lynch beat up Charlotte for a while, and eventually Oscar was the person that stood tall. 
So it, you can argue that maybe it's not great for Oscar because it means that TLC she could lose. We've seen that a lot when it comes to to you know the, the, the go-home shows. If you do well on the go-home show, you may not do that well at the pay-per-view. We don't know. It could be a ruse. But other than that strange finish, especially because I thought Charlotte was being presented as a face... And now it feels like she's gone back to being a heel. But to be honest, I don't really get it anyway. I'm probably wrong in that in that regard. That's just what I feel. It doesn't mean that I'm right. But it worked, is my point. And I'm really invested in all three characters. Uh, obviously, Becky Lynch is great. I really, you know, it's just a standard promo here, but it's all she needed to do. And yeah, I'm just excited to see where they're going to go. And I'd put them last, TLC. I think that I don't think there's anything hotter or anything better in WWE right now. Uh, Harsh Agrawal in the super chat. You get the slap on the heart. Always appreciate it. Intercontinental titles getting wasted in Seth versus Dean as their feud already has so much heat. They should give the title to Bala or Elias. Your thoughts? I think that was the plan at one point. I think Seth Rollins was meant to lose it at some stage. Not on this episode of Raw. To either a Finn Balor or an Elias. And it never happened. My problem with the IC title, much as the US Championship, is that they always seem to play second fiddle. I don't know whether WWE does that because they realize they don't have the Universal Championship and therefore they try and sort of, you know, de devalue the other titles. But that's the only, that would be why my personally, just one big criticism I do have of WWE. I like to believe that everybody is in the company to try and win belts. I know we can then go off in different directions, but at the moment, there's no way you can believe that. Because again, Shinsuke Nakamura is a champion, going to talk about him in the moment. Uh, Seth Rollins is the IC title champion, don't really talk about it. Better this week, because the IC championship was defended in a TLC match, so that was quite a big deal. But yes, I, I agree with you. It, it does feel wasted. It does feel like it's playing second fiddle. And absolutely, someone like Finn Balor or Elias, who probably needs a leg up, needs a boost, would benefit from having an IC title if they're booked correctly. So Harsh, I think you've got... Uh, I think you're right. I would agree with you. Whether or not we're going to see it, I don't know. But I would say, we'll talk about this later as well, Dean Ambrose should win that title on Sunday. Again, we'll get to it. Uh, yeah, Rusev, Nakamura, Jeff Hardy, and Samoa Joe feel wasted for me at the moment. Again, they're all in singles feud, so we just put them all together in a tag team match. It's fine, but it, it's starting to feel like pre-show fodder. Not because I want it to, but it feels like that's the way that WWE is treating it. So that upset me because I love all of those guys. Samoa Joe, especially, I think, over the last couple of weeks has proven what a commodity he is. And the fact he's still not getting a... You know, a leg up is, hey, it is what it is. I don't think, it's none to, who cares what I think, right? But I just would have wanted more. That's what I thought when I saw it. Uh, Miz versus Shane McMahon is really weird. I don't get that feud at all. The only thing I can take away from it is that maybe the Miz and Shane McMahon are having a match at WrestleMania and Miz is going to be the face. Basically, it's all over the World Cup trophy, which at this point feels redundant all the same. Miz feels like he's two-thirds best of the world. Shane McMahon thinks the Miz is crazy. And here the Miz made up a match against the Vegas boys. Didn't tell Paige, which makes no sense because Paige would have seen it happening and just walked out and stopped it or turned off the cameras. Shane McMahon won easily. Of course, he did his best in the world. And then everybody fell out with everybody else and Shane McMahon wouldn't shake the Miz's hand. Okay. I, I, I think it's all designed to turn Shane McMahon heel. But if that's the case, why aren't we using the 6 nothing at Survivor Series just to make him a crazy commissioner who can't handle the fact he lost and then he goes mad? That makes more sense to me. I'd be more into that. And it's, it's simpler. This one is a bit weird and convoluted. And again, Miz is the face. You tell me. You tell me. Miz is a face. Yes or no? Simple as that. I, I, I don't necessarily get it myself. But maybe I'm wrong. I'd like to be proven wrong. Got no problem with being proven wrong. If, you know, if something works, good for me. I get entertained. So it's win-win. My man, Josh Tilbury, uh, in the Super Chat. Good guy, Josh. Always supports me. Much appreciated. Just finished your week in gaming podcast, and now I'm here. See what I mean? Good support of that guy. Like him a lot. Uh, Kevin Owens tweeted the other day that WWE need him, and I think he's right. He would help. Josh, it's such a good point. The other day, 
I thought Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn aren't around right now. And I realised how much I missed them. I don't think they're ever going to be treated as main eventers in WWE. But they're just great. And even when they get put in bad storylines, they're still great. And that Sami Hill character was so much fun. I was loving the hoo-ha out of that. So yes, I, I do think they need him back. I think there's a huge gap on either show for either of them. And if you want to put them back together again because you think they've got great chemistry, that's fine. But yeah, I miss them. I miss them massively. Kevin Owens promos, Sami Zayn's overall demeanor, which used to crack me up. There isn't really anybody else like them on the show right now. Elias kind of fits into that role, but not. he's not really allowed to at the same point. Also, what was up with Elias's promo on Raw when he stuck it to LA? What happens when he goes back to LA? He's like some weird pseudo baby face. That was strange. And that's it. I, I, I got notes here is why I looked down. It said TLC predictions. I was like, I thought I had something else to talk about. Screw it. Let's do it. I'll get them up right now. But yeah, I thought SmackDown was a good show. I thought Raw was a better show. But obviously, I mean, my bigger problem, my biggest problem with Raw, well, one of my other biggest problems with Raw is the continuity issues. You know, for example, uh, chat. But I don't mind to a certain extent because it really did feel like they hit reset for me. And I think that's why they sent Seth out to say all of these things. And hopefully that's why Baron Corbin lost as well to show it's not just about Baron Corbin having all the power. But, you know, how Bobby Roode and Chad Gable got their number one title shot, from a storyline point of view, I have no idea. Because last week they were in a number one contender match, they lost, and yet they still got the championship shot and then won it. So that's madness. However, again, I'm happy to let it slide if this is a big reset and we're shuffling the deck a bit. Which, again, is what I believe WWE needs. Just a bald guy in England saying his thoughts. Doesn't mean a lot. Um, but that's, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm hoping for. We'll see. We'll see. You know, we'll, I don't think we'll know next week. I don't think we'll know the week after that because it's Christmas. Post-January, we'll get a good idea. And of course, there's the other rumours as well that there is different ideas about what to do at WrestleMania 35. Again, it's all murmurings. and I could make up a rumour right now, so you never know. But apparently, Triple H wants it to be uh, Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar with Seth Rollins winning the Universal Championship at Mania. And Vince McMahon would rather Braun Strowman... No, that's not right. What did Vince McMahon want? He wanted someone to win at the Rumble. Even, oh, no... No, that's right. Oh, oh my gosh, that was fun podcasting. He wants Braun Strowman to win the Rumble and then lose his title to, to Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania. So where that leaves Brock Lesnar, I don't know. Where that leaves the push of Braun Strowman, I don't know, because that's a four-month title reign, and we've seen with Bray Wyatt how much that can hurt you. So I don't know. Let me know again. What would you rather? You want to see Seth Rollins beat... Well, I think I know the answer to this. Do you want to see Seth Rollins beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania for the Universal title? Or do you want to see Drew McIntyre win it from Braun Strowman? If it ends up on either Drew or Seth, I'll be all right with it. I think they're great at what they do. Drew's come into his own. Seth is the workhorse of the company, as we keep saying. So it's a win-win. Uh, but no, WrestleMania is very open right now. It's very There's a rumor the other day that it was meant to be Roman Reigns versus The Rock. And The Rock was going to win the Royal Rumble. I don't believe that. That sounds like the most made-up thing I've ever heard in my life. But you just don't know. And my man Michael McLean, again in the Super Chat. Always a supporting. Always appreciate it. Uh, he's got to head out. All right, Simon. Got to head out. Looking forward to the rest later. Thank you, Michael, man. Have a great day. Thank you so much for always uh, finding time in your schedule to listen to me. I really appreciate it. And, of course, that goes for everybody else uh, as well. So much love to you, Michael. You're, you're good to me, and I appreciate that. Um, but, yeah, look, that's a win-win. Uh, and so I think I just think Seth Rollins beating Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 35. If you tie it into the story of WrestleMania 31 when the roles reverse and Seth stole the title, I think that's good. And then you can segue into Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre. Just my opinion. We'll wait and see what happens. Right, let's run through TLC quickly. Uh, again, if you want sort of more um, uh, in-depth... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Why have I gone nuts? Predictions. I'll be doing them on What Culture. Literally going to film them today, so they should be up tomorrow. Uh, quick shout out to Ryan Evermeet in the chat. 
get a hand on the heart. Where would you prefer to see Lars Sullivan end up? We should actually talk about that for TLC. Because the promo packages this week directly reference TLC. And that after that, nothing's going to be the same. Which would lead you to believe he's coming in. Now, I wouldn't have him coming in until January. I'd even hold him off to the Royal Rumble. What I'd actually like to see happen, by the way, is that he wins the Royal Rumble. I know that's crazy. But look, if you're going to push someone, push him. And then he's a made man straight away. We never do that because apparently you can't do that. Yeah, you can. His name was Goldberg. Uh, so Ryan... I think probably Lars Sullivan on Raw at the moment because I enjoy SmackDown, right? I think SmackDown's quite a well-balanced and entertaining show, whereas Raw, there are a few holes that I would fill even though they have loads of talent anyway. Shout out to Heath Slater as well, by the way, who I think is playing his role perfectly on Raw. Uh, so I would say I prefer Lars Sullivan to be on Raw. I think he will be if he's a Vince McMahon pet project. That's usually where they end up. I don't think it really matters. It all depends how he's booked and how he's pushed. Make him win the Raw Rumble. I know that sounds crazy. You can get him out of the WrestleMania main event. That doesn't ever happen anymore anyway. When was the last time someone won the Royal Rumble and went on to actually main event WrestleMania? Nakamura didn't. I can't remember who won the, the year before that. It all blurs into one, but it's Randy Orton, right? Yeah, it's Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt. That didn't. Was that the year before? Anyway, you take my point. Uh, so that's what, I would, that's what I would like to do. Uh, right, yeah, so again, we'll just run through this quickly. And again, please do check out What Culture Wrestling for my other predictions. I've just found out about this because I don't watch the Mixed Match Challenge. I was, but it just got too much. Um, apparently, and please, in the comments, let me know if this is wrong, but according to the, uh, the, the, the card I've got up here, it is actually going to be Fabulous Truth versus Jinder Mahal and Alicia Fox, which is crazy because whoever wins that gets the number 30 in the Royal Rumble. You can't have Jinder Mahal and Alicia Fox as number 30 in the Royal Rumble. That's no disrespect for them, but number 30 has always been like a prestigious number because it's a surprise, it's exciting. Okay, well, I mean, I, I'd probably imagine that Fabulous Truth win that simply because that's just a much better idea. <laughs> I can't have Jinder Mahal at number 30. It's only because I don't think he's going to win, but I don't think R-Truth is going to win either. Oh, I don't know. What does it matter? What does it matter? I'll go Fabulous Truth. And of course, please do drop me a comment at Simon316 or in the comments if you're on YouTube right now to let me know um, or let me know your predictions. As I say, each prediction, drop a little thing in there and we can see what the general consensus is. But yes, if it is Fabulous Truth versus Mahalisha, as they're called here, or Maholisha, whatever, I'd say Fabulous Truth. Seth Rollins versus Dean Ambrose for the IC Championship. Now, taking away everything else that people have been talking about. I think this is going to be great. I think this is going to be really, really good. I remember the matches they had when Seth was the heel and Dean was the face. They're awesome. I think it could be one of the best matches on the card. Maybe not steal the show, but at least be in contendership to do it. And I think that's all that matters. No matter what happens after, you know, with the story or who wins, I just think this will make us all go, oh yeah, I remember how great these two are, especially when they're feuding with each other. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it, I really do think it could be awesome. I think Dean Ambrose has to win the championship, but I say this all the time and I'm always wrong. But to me, if you go heel, like Daniel Bryan, right? I think one of the reasons his heel turn works so well is because he's now cemented himself with this championship. He'd be like, I told you this was the right thing to do. I told you. Now, look, I'm the champ. If I hadn't kicked AJ Styles in the balls, if I hadn't got this new attitude, I wouldn't be the champion right now. And you need that. Samoa Joe never got it. Nakamura never got it. And I do think it hurt them. That's why I think Dean needs it here. Seth can lose it. It's not like the IC title has been made a big deal of, so it doesn't hurt him that much. Also, he's Seth Rollins. He'll have an amazing match 24 hours later, and he'll be back uh, where he is. So I'm going to say Dean Ambrose tracks white, right? One for... A main event at Raw Rumble for the title, he says, looking over here, and one that Baron Corbin becomes permanent GM. However, 
I should have said this earlier, but it works now. The fact that we had Baron Corbin versus Seth Rollins in a TLC match on Raw, which is a bit of a strange thing to give away six days before a pay-per-view called TLC, makes me believe that either Braun Strowman isn't cleared and won't be there, or he's going to come out and he's going to do like a minute. It'd be a short match, which is why they felt like we need to give away the match now so that people don't feel shortchanged. And I'm okay with that. Braun Strowman had elbow surgery. There's only so much you can do. Um, you've got to, you know, you've got to take these things, you've got to take these things as they come. I can't see Baron Corbin winning I, for two reasons. One, if Braun Strowman comes back and he loses, you've destroyed his comeback straight away. I know it's only a short comeback, but it has been destroyed. So I think he has to win. Baron Corbin can get destroyed in a minute. It doesn't hurt Baron Corbin. He's Baron Corbin. And also, him stepping away from the GM role right now, given everything we talked about at the start of the podcast with ratings, not only does it make sense, and not only is it probably a good way to shake up the status quo, quite literally, but Alexa Bliss is in that position to fill that role, and Alexa Bliss has been great. So we have a ready-made replacement. There were some rumors it was Hulk Hogan. Personally, I'd rather it was Alexa Bliss. Uh, so we will see. But I think it would be fantastic to have almost like the antithesis to Paige on Raw, right? Paige is the good guy, GM, uh, and Alexa Bliss can be the heel one. I would like that. I think it would be quite fun. So I would go, Braun Strowman comes back and destroys him. I got no problem with that, really. Uh, Ronda Rousey versus Nia Ronda, Ronda Rousey versus Nia Jax. Uh, if, Ron, if Nia Jax shouts into the microphone once more... I may explode, genuinely, may actually explode. If I did, I did that by accident at the start of this podcast, mostly because people had the stream on, they were going about their business, but it caught them like that. And even that wasn't as loud as what Nia Jax did. It turns people off. I don't see how on earth you have Ronda Rousey lose now. She's got so much momentum from the whole year, had one of the best rookie years in WWE history, has ready-made feuds with Charlotte and Becky Lynch, depending on when WWE wants to pull the trigger. Can work Oscar into that too. I don't think you have to lose to Nia Jax here. Also because, as you've kind of seen over the last few weeks, Nia Jax's heel heap still okay, but is getting less and less as we go. So Ronda Rousey wins. Have her win strong. I don't think there's any major plans for Nia Jax. She does need to feud with Becky at one point, but that story tells itself. So, yeah, let her tap her out. Let it be quick. Push Ronda Rousey, man. Keep keep that momentum going. So I'll say Nia Jax loses, uh, Ronda Rousey wins. Rand Rey Mysterio versus Randy Orton in a chairs match. I kind of tore on this one because Randy Orton has whooped Rey Mysterio's ass for so long. But again, it was Rey Mysterio that was standing tall on SmackDown, which again suggests at the pay-per-view, he'll probably lose. But I really don't think you can have Rey Mysterio lose this again. He's only just come back. And if really the tale of that program is Randy Orton whooped Rey Mysterio's ass... It is going to hurt Ray a little bit. I mean, not massively. He's a legend. He's changed the whole game at one point. But I go Ray Mysterio. I don't know how right or wrong this is going to be, but I go Ray Mysterio just because for me, if I was booking it, that makes more sense. It's a chairs match. It'll be good. Randy Orton's very creative with weapons, as he's shown with Jeff Hardy. So yeah, I'll, I'll be intrigued to see what happens with that. Buddy Murphy versus Cedric Alexander for the 205 Live Channel, or the Cruiserweight Championship or from 205 Live. Cedric Alexander could win this back, I imagine. I, I, I don't haven't caught up with 205. I do try and watch it. But because I've been watching WXT, sometimes it's just hard to get everything in. I think it could go either way. Like, you could have Cedric Alexander win it back. You could have Belly Murphy lose. I don't think it changes much. It really depends on what the plan is for a while and who he feuds with, with next. I'll say Buddy Murphy retains for, for no real reason other than why the, why the hell not. <laughs> I don't really have much to say about that one. I'm behind of my 205 live viewing, so it's quite hard to, to pull out. Natalia versus Ruby Wright in a tables match. I think we've got a situation here where the, the baby face has to win. I don't think you can have a heel crap all over somebody's dead dad and then not have them win. I just think that's it's too much heat, as Brian Alvarez would say. I, I, I need it. I absolutely need 
uh, Ronda, uh, Natalia to win this and then move on to, to whatever is next and just you know lay this to rest. That's all I've got. And it's a tables match. No one really loses. Big Show lost a table match once because he stood through it. It kind of sums it up. Uh, the Bar versus the New Day versus the Usos triple threat tag team match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. I think this could be great as well. I am bored of seeing all these teams fight, but there are no other teams on SmackDown because Sanity apparently have been banned from ever appearing on television. I would like the Usos to win. I think it's quite hard to choose because this belt does pop around, you know, without any real thought. So I will say the Usos just because I enjoyed their rap battle on SmackDown as dumb as it was. And I would just like to see them with the belts again. No real reason. As long as they transition into a new feud. So, you know, just for a, no reason, I'll say the Usos. Elias versus Bobby Lashley in a ladder match with the guitar suspended above the ring. I actually think Bobby Lashley will win. I think Bobby Lashley will win and get the guitar, but I think it will end with Elias standing tall because he then retrieves his guitar and smashes Bobby Lashley over the head with it or whatever. My point is that Elias is standing tall even though he lost the match. And I can't see them jobbing out Bobby Lashley right now. So I'm going Bobby Lashley to win, but Elias comes across looking like the, the bigger man. Finn Balor versus Drew McIntyre may not happen if you believe some of the mumblings on the internet because apparently Finn Balor's quite ill, but fingers crossed he's not and he's there. I can't see Drew McIntyre, Drew McIntyre losing this just because... He's, he's the chosen one, right? Hilarity, the irony, you know, 10 years ago, whatever it was. Uh, and I don't think you need to lose now, especially because WWE don't seem to care about Finn Balor, which sucks. Did a video on what culture about it. You can go watch it now. Why WWE still won't push Finn Balor. So Drew McIntyre wins. Hopefully it's not a squash. That's, <laughs> that's my big one. Uh, and then the two championship matches. I think I've got everything. Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles. I think this is going to be terrific. On a pay-per-view, Daniel Bryan's found his groove as a heel. AJ Styles is AJ Styles. Just brilliant. I think Daniel Bryan will retain just because I don't think AJ Styles needs to win it back now. You could probably even squeeze out another match at the Royal Rumble should you so wish. Um, and also, it stops Daniel Bryan being in the Royal Rumble and we all know what happens when WWE doesn't put Daniel Bryan in Royal Rumble or does and then he gets thrown out. So I say Daniel Bryan retains and then we get on to my most controversial pick which is Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair versus Oscar in a TLC match. I think Charlotte's going to win. And the reason I think Charlotte is going to win and I hope I'm wrong, I hope I've got the wrong end of the stick here, is because I think that we're actually at WrestleMania going to get Becky Lynch versus Oscar, and we're going to get Charlotte versus Ronda Rousey. Now that doesn't really make sense, right? Because I've just put two different titles on the two people I think are going to face each other. But I think that's going to start now. I have a feeling that's why Oscar was added into this, uh, and I think Charlotte's going to win. Don't know why? That's just what I'm going with. I'd rather Becky Lynch won, and I hope this is one of those ones where I turned around and went, oh, Simon, you silly boy. You overthought it. But as I am doing predictions... I'm going with, yeah, I'm going with Charlotte. I just am. Hope I'm wrong. I really, really do. And again, let me in, know in the comments where you're going, where you're going uh, uh, with this. But maybe it works out. Maybe it works out. Maybe the reason Charlotte is going to win is because she's going to feud with Oscar and then Becky Lynch can make the jump over to Raw to finish her match with Ronda Rousey. We'll find out. TLC airs this Sunday on WWE pay-per-view. Uh, let's go through the Wrestle Kingdom 13 card as well, which I also forget to get up because I'm a moron. Um, just because it finally got announced. And look, man, if you like high action, intense, intense wrestling, you're going to love Wrestle Kingdom 13. Um, but it is in, there's no Royal Rumble this year or no Battle Royal this year, which kind of sucks. I always enjoy them. They're not always necessarily amazing, but I do find them fun and you never know who's going to, who's going to turn up. But it is Kenny Omega versus Tanahashi, Chris Jericho versus Naito. I mean, that's good already, right? Then you've got Okada versus Jay White. Huge task for Jay White. I think he'll live up to it. Kushida versus Ishimori. Cody versus Joyce Robinson. The Gorillas of Destiny versus Sonata and Evil versus the Young Bucks. Ishii versus Zack Zaber Jr. Uh, Suzuki Gun versus Rapongi 3K versus Bushi and I can never pronounce his name. Takagi, you know what I'm talking about. And of course, Ibushi versus Will Ospreay. Like, that is a ridiculous match. 
A ridiculous card on paper. The fact that it is early, it's early January, but when early January is it? It's January the 4th. January the 4th. And it could be one of the best cards, uh, best cards of the year. So we'll find out. I, I cannot wait. And I think the Cody match as well. I just, Cody Rhodes is just the best. I think that could, uh, it could surprise some people as well. And the fact is for the US Heavyweight Championship too. So yes, that is. And finally, before we do get onto the Q&A portion uh, of the show, uh, Defiant uploaded their first, well, they're not their first, but their return of Loaded over the weekend. So make sure you head over to the Defiant Wrestling YouTube channel and check out Loaded number one, a new episode airs this week. And you never know what's going to happen. Never forget that. Right, let's head over to some questions. As always, you can ask your questions in the comments or you can head on over to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast on Facebook and you'll see a thread that goes up each and every week. You just post something beneath it and I will answer as many as I possibly can. I do my best. Um, let's just do it. Let's not stand on ceremony here, Mr. Wayne, as I always say. David Ayers, will the best... M- oh my damn Facebook mood at the last second. <laughs> And now it's changed everything. There we go. Will the Best in the World trophy be on the line if The Miz and Shane have a match? Probably, unfortunately. That trophy now has just become absolutely bizarre. Um, I don't know. Yes, and that's probably what they'll feud over. And they'll probably try and make a big deal out of it. And we'll probably have another World Cup at the end of next year when they go back to Saudi Arabia. I don't even know, man. You tell me. Thomas Sutton. Thanks again, Simon, for all you do. It's such good work. Thomas, that is very nice. I appreciate that. That made me feel good inside. Thank you. Anyway, what if Braun isn't available to be back for TLC, which would suck? But we get Corbin in the ring, and he's about to leave, and we get the return of Bray Wyatt. What do you think of that? Dude, I think that's a great shout. And also, it creates a surprise. It creates a talking point. Uh, People will... um, You know, want to see it. They'll make people tune in after the fact, too. So, yeah, I, I think that's... That sounds great. That sounds. I think that's the best booking I heard. I heard for a while. You get two thumbs up, Thomas. I hope that does happen. And what a great way to reintroduce Bray Wyatt. If you didn't see, he deleted all his tweets. Apart from saying he knows who he is now, I do think he needs to come back with a new gimmick. What well, that is, I don't know. Which kind of shoots myself in the foot. But we'll see. I like that a lot. Uh, my man Chugo. Hey Simon. Hope as well, bud. In your opinion, uh, how on earth does WWE let this happen? Uh, SmackDown airs the next night and their quality is much higher than Raw. Any ideas how this continues to happen to, to Raw? Creative is good on SmackDown, but not good on Mondays. Well, I guess they have an extra hour in their show, which makes things harder. But you are right. Again, I do think Raw is better this week, but SmackDown was a better all-round show. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Maybe it's different writing teams. Maybe there's a bigger focus on Raw and there's too many chefs in the kitchen. Maybe sort of more stuff can go under the radar when it comes to SmackDown. That, you know, provides better television because it can be a bit more streamlined, a bit, a bit more focused. I don't have an answer to that. I do know that, again, I've said this before, I don't agree with this idea that Vince McMahon is trying to write bad TV. That is not the case in any sense of the imagination. But look, We'll, we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, Adam Mason. Hey, Simon. Thanks for answering my question last week. You're welcome, Adam. And I'm answering another one. Thanks for all the positive vibes you send out because of this. I now just enjoyed wrestling for what it is and keep positive. That's amazing. You have brought my love for wrestling back, so I thank you. I thank you, man, for being on the positivity train. On to this week's question. If WWE give the women's tag titles, who would be your first tag team champions and why? Mine would be the Iconics. Great shout. Especially if you want to give it to... Uh, a heel tag team. Personally, I'd give it to Sasha Banks and Bailey just because I think they need it. Uh, their whole storyline and their feud has been so ridiculous. I, I think it's important to give them something like that, give them a momentous occasion, which will cement them as a team. 
But really, if you are introducing SmackDown Women's Tag Team Championship, you can kind of give it to anyone, and most people would approve. The Iconics would be good again. Sasha Banks and Bailey, Team Naomi up with someone. Uh, you could give it to Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. I don't know if we're going to have it over Raw and SmackDown. I'm just coming up with teams here that come into my head. I can't even think of anybody else's on this. Nia Jax and Tamina. There you go. Ronda Rousey could beat Nia Jax, and then she could go into the tag team division. Don't want to see that, but hey, it works. There's options, and I think that's probably why we can justify happening now, because has gone out their way to push to push teams together. Uh, Jonathan and Bai in the super chat. You get smack on the heart. Why do you not like Robin? Quick, well, there's a long answer to this, but the quick answer would be, Batman, to me, is meant to work by himself. He's meant to be a lone warrior vigilante, Therefore, he doesn't need anyone like Robin tagging along. It makes sense from a storyline point of view and a sympathy and empathy point of view, much like you know the, the, the kid in God of War. But I would much rather just had angry brooding man does his thing. It's as simple as that. I like that question, though. Uh, Babak Kidney. Simon, thanks for your work on all your channels, especially this one. Man, I love my community. You're all really nice. I appreciate it. It feels weird to say this, but I think the man character peak in, peaked in the week's of SmackDown's Raw invasion. WWE did a much better job of building Charlotte up ever since, and I'm not really sure where Becky could go from here as a face. Her heel character was sort of part of the whole appeal. Yeah, she could pay Ronda another visit and beat her up, but Charlotte did that already. So what's there left to do? What's your take on it? I don't think this feud has enough gas in the tank to last until Mania, much less headlining it. Best wishes from the best name in the game. You do have the best name in the game, Babak Kidney. My name is Simon Miller. That is rubbish. I actually think you're onto something. I don't necessarily think it's petered out as much as you think it has, or at least that's, that's your take on it. You, you think that, of course. It's, you know that, That's what you're taking away from it. But I will admit, on SmackDown, while I enjoyed everything Becky Lynch did, a small part of me was like, it does feel a little bit forced now. It does feel a little bit different, and I don't know why that is. So clearly you and I have picked up on something there, but let's wait and see. It's a good point. It's a long time to WrestleMania. It's four months. Four months, you know, that's, that's a third of a year. So a lot can change. A lot can happen. Charlotte's in a far better position than she was a few months ago. Becky Lynch still in a great position. But yeah, maybe the the, the, the cherry, the, the thing on top has fallen away just a little bit. I think it's a fair point. I think it's a fair point. I think there's something to that. Good shout. Lindsay Clark, what are your best and worst wrestling moments of 2018? Also, whatever you are, Santa for this year. Well, I'm that annoying guy that always tells people that I don't need anything because I don't. Uh, I, I know I sound like an asshole when I say this. Anyone that says it is an asshole, even if it comes from a good place. I'm not very materialistic, so I don't really need things. Uh, love, peace, and goodwill. Asshole. Uh, I forgot your other question now because I was being a moron. Uh, what are your best and worst resting moments of the year? That is a tough question. I'd have to... I'd have to think and go through everything. I mean, the worst moments of the year, Nia Jack shouting into my microphone comes to mind. Everything with Sasha Banks and Bailey. You know, I was enjoying that potential breakup of the feud. Never went anywhere. Uh, good moments. AJ Styles being champion for over a year. Awesome. Most of NXT was brilliant. Uh, Rusev Day, while it lasted, I had a great time with. That made me That made me really happy. Daniel Bryan's heel turn would get a shout. I can't think of anything else. I'll do that. The, the last podcast of the year, I'll make sure I have a big list and I'll go through it. But there's just some, there's some teasing for you. Christopher Brown. Vince McMahon is portrayed as the single overlord of booking the WWE. But the actual booking and creative system is much more layered and complex. Once we get past the people who are actually tasked with this job, we get to the performers who also meddle in the stories without regard for the bigger picture. Hogan and the Click are the most notorious, but there is also the story that the Honky Tonk Man held the IC title for so long because he essentially threatened to steal the belt and never give it up among uncountable others. So do you think the WWE product could be better if Vince was actually the single-minded tyrant who just booked the stories he envisions without interference from people under him? First and foremost, what a great question. 
I like that. That is really well thought out. And I think there's sort of num numerous answers here. The first one that I would go to is that when you go back to the Attitude Era or pre-getting a writing team, it was what? Vince McMahon, Pat Patterson, Bruce Pritchard, Jim Cornette. I think that was it. They used to book around the pool. We know this. And sometimes they push people into the pool. These are the facts we are, are privy, to in, privy to in 2018. I do think less cooks helps. I do. Th everything still has to be approved by Vince McMahon. So it's not like... I mean, other ideas are coming to him, but I imagine if a superstar did anything on Raw they didn't like, or SmackDown, he would change it. There's also the other argument that apparently Vince McMahon did write the last few weeks of episodes of Raw by himself, and we saw what happened there, and we saw the fallout. So I don't know. I think there's probably a balance. I don't know what the creative writing staff is at WWE, and I never want anyone to lose their jobs ever. It's the worst thing, ever, the worst thing in the world, or up there. But... Too many cooks spoil the broth. I think that's true in all walks of life. So it would be better to have a more refined and a more focused vision. And then, yes, maybe it would be less muddled. I think there's something to that. But without knowing all the ins and outs, it's impossible to actually, you know, make a stand on it. But there's something there. My man Jonathan Mbaye in the comments, slap on the chest. Who should be champs going into WrestleMania on both brands? Fwah. Um... Oh, if I had it my way, in terms of matches I wanted to see, yes, Brock Lesnar would still be Universal Champion because I'd like to see Seth Rollins win the title there. I think it would add more weight to it. And on SmackDown, if Daniel Bryan can make it all that way and The Miz took it off him, I wouldn't mind that, but I don't see that happening. I don't know what I see. I mean, I'll say Daniel Bryan, but I don't know who's going to fight. But I just think if he take, goes all that way with the belt, it's going to make his character bigger. So, yeah, I would, I would, throw, uh, I would throw them in there. Nick Palmer, there's quite a bit of speculation that Vince will be handing the reins to Triple H next year. Vince is going to go concentrate on the XFL. It's just dirt seat speculation, but do you think it's likely? I don't think it's likely. Vince McMahon, regardless of what you think out of him, has an incredible work ethic, has dedicated his life to pro wrestling, is the most successful promoter in history, whether you, you know, like it or not within the, in the industry that he, he finds himself in. I don't see that happening, no. Uh, I don't think even if he wanted to do that, he'd be able to because I imagine he feels quite close to proceedings. How the XFL plays out, I don't know. But I don't think that it seems Vince McMahon relinquished control of his WWE duties. I think that that's a bad idea all around, at least from his point of view. No, I, I don't see it happening. And man, it's his company. He can do whatever he wants. Frank McDaniels. If you had the choice to sign for WWE or All Elite Wrestling in general, which would you sign with? Say money and deal. Also, keep up the positivity. Always good to hear. Dude, if I'm getting offers from WWE and All Elite Wrestling in January, I've done something amazing. Uh, I don't know what I would do. I'd I can only cross that bridge when I come to it, but it's very 99.999% not going to happen. I think I would just be over the moon and happy with glee that I was able to somehow get myself in this position. I appreciate your faith. Robert Pate, in your opinion, does WWE ruin their storytelling by announcing title matches at pay-per-views too early? For example, Seth versus Dean for the IC title has been announced for TLC since Survivor Series. One week after Survivor Series, it was Seth versus Ziggler for the IC belt, and on Monday, it was Baron versus Seth for the same belt. The performers can put on a great match overall, but I think the storytelling almost takes a hit because everyone knew Seth would retain to continue the feud with Dean. I think it would work better if WWE waited another week or two to announce a title match at a pay-per-view and have the last couple of weeks before to focus on the rivalry at hand. What are your thoughts? Love the podcast and hope all is well. Good question, Robert. I think 
You are right, to a certain degree. But I also think this is a case of boy who cried wolf. Because if WWE is going to do this, they should throw some curveballs in there. Let's say that Baron Corbin had one on Monday. That then would have taught you, well, I don't actually know what to believe, which then opens up the freedom for WWE to book or choose when to announce title matches whenever they want. But you're right, so far that doesn't happen. So yeah, I think it's just more about making sure you keep the audience on their toes and never allowing them to buy into whatever the, you know, the, the norm is. And that you, again, that's the status quo that I always talk about all my videos. But that's the status quo. When you enter the status quo, you kind of know what's going to happen and you just follow a, a very specific path. So you need to break people out of that. And the best way to do that is, is to, to, you know, to surprise people. But if they're not going to do that, then yes, they probably should hold off on announcing stuff like that because then you kind of already know, well, that was a waste of time because, yeah, I know that Seth will win because he has to fight Dean Ambrose. And that's when it gets a bit too formulaic. So it's a good point. But the WWE can change it. They can change it like that. All it takes is one surprise decision. Uh, Bushy Ride Cat in the Super Chat. Get a tap on the heart. Hey, Simone. I like it. Do you miss when wrestlers did outdoor segments? E.g. ambushes or burning people's houses. Thanks, Randy Orton. I'm teasing about the name. I know, dude. It's all good. Um, I do. I think visually... The first thing you see before anyone starts talking anything is the visual... You know, that's the same with any kind of TV. So when they actually take you out of your comfort zone and show you things you don't see that much anymore, it absolutely does help. So, yeah, I do miss that. The Randy Orton thing was ridiculous, but it was fun. Uh, we've obviously had loads of house invasions over the years. People throwing title belts in rivers. We don't do that much anymore. We don't go on location as much as we did. Big Boss Man stealing, Big Show's dance, you know, casket. We all know about that. They should do more of it because I think it would make people more interested just from a visual point of view. It feels different because they're outside. It's got a different vibe to it, different different atmosphere. So you're right. It's a great shout. They should do more of it. It's bad that they don't. Uh, Charney Childers. I hope I got that right. Good name. Hey there, Simon. Hope you're having a fantastic day. And you. Let's discuss Raw Rumble. Who do you think will be a surprise this year? And who do you think from NXT will be in it? P.S. You get a golden star for saying my name right. Well, I may have got it wrong then, Charney. If I have, I apologize. But you can just come back and say, Miller, you're an idiot. Um, oh, surprises in the Raw Rumble. Oh, that's difficult. I mean, Lars Sullivan wouldn't be a surprise because he's been announced. I can see Ricochet being in it and doing some crazy spot. I don't like it when they do that because they'll just get thrown out, which is not a great way to introduce him to a new, world, a new audience. But, yeah, I mean, two for, let's say two from NXT. Ricochet and Adam Cole, because why not? Was Adam Cole in it last year? He was, or maybe not then. I've said it now. In terms of other surprises, I don't know who there is. Unless they sign someone like an AJ Styles, so like a Cody or a Young Buck, which I don't think they're going to do. I don't know who they could bring in that would actually even act as a surprise. Goldberg could be in it. Again, not don't think that's going to happen. He's my dad, so I'll ask him. It's a great question. I don't know. I'll throw that out to everybody else. Who should be a surprise in this year's Royal Rumble? And not just random people. Like, don't say um, like Marty Skrull. I love Marty Skrull, but he's contracted to Ring of Honor, so it's not going to happen. I mean, legitimately, who could enter the Royal Rumble that's allowed to enter the Royal Rumble and also surprise you? Like, Sting would be a good one, right? But it's not going to happen because his neck is all screwed up. So, yes. Let, let me. That's a good question, though. I like that. We'll have a big uh, Royal Rumble discussion soon. Uh, and Thomas Speller finishes off with two questions. Uh, oh, that's just gone weird. Uh, uh, go to pay-per-view you can watch over and over again without getting bored. WrestleMania 17. Boring answer, I know, but it's so much fun. WrestleMania 18, too, because I love that Rock Hogan match. And also, I went to London over the weekend and met a girl in a bar. I want to meet her again, but don't want her to not like me for being a wrestling fan. And as a wheelchair user, what should I do? P.S. I was sitting on a bar stall when I met her. Uh, well, the wheelchair thing... 
you don't need to worry about that at all because if anyone judges you for being in a wheelchair, that's not your problem, it's theirs. And they are among the worst human beings on the planet and you shouldn't spend any time dealing with that. So, I mean, it sucks that you are in a wheelchair, obviously, because, you know, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. But, you know, if you're comfortable with it and you're happy and someone else isn't, I don't swear much. Fuck that guy. So, yes, don't worry about that. As for the wrestling fan thing, I totally get it. I don't think like that anymore just because I've kind of come so comfortable in my own skin. Most people just don't care anymore in a good way. That if, again, if someone doesn't like me because I don't like pro wrestling, I'm like, again, what, do you, what, are you, what are you talking about? Like, what world do you live in? It's just a thing. It's, it's different if I say I really like, you know, shooting baby goats in the head for fun. Then it's like, wait, <laughs> you've got something wrong with you. But... Wrestling is just a, it's a pastime. It's a form of entertainment. It can be lowbrow at times. Again, we've had urination angles recently. But that's on them. I really do think it's on them. But I do understand because wrestling does have a stigma attached to it. I think we talked about either here on one of my vlogs. I used to get bullied in school because I like wrestling. I was terrified of finding anyone out that I watched wrestling, even though I loved it. I watched it every single day. I used to watch, oh, what the hell was it called? Superstars or Jacked or whichever one of those recap shows. Just I mean, when Ahmed Johnson turns heel, true story, I've told this before. When Ahmed Johnson turned heel and joined the nation, I watched those stupid catch-up shows just in case I found out more information about it. Obviously, they weren't going to tell me any more till Raw, but as a dumb kid, that's what I bought into. That's how much I loved it. And again, I used to walk on eggshells being terrified that people would find out about it. So you shouldn't worry. You shouldn't give anybody... That's you, man, and you love it. And I'm sure, as much as we like to rag on wrestling, I'm sure at some point wrestling has all made us feel a little bit better, put a smile on our face, maybe dragged us out of a slump. And that's important because it means it speaks to you and it means you're passionate about something. And anybody that is good for we're going on a tangent here, but anyone that is good for you or anyone that has your best interests at heart will support you for that. They may not understand it and they don't have to understand it, but they certainly wouldn't put you down because of it. So I would say own it. I would say laugh at it, how much you love wrestling and how you realize how silly it is because it is silly. But at the same time, wear your heart on your sleeve and be, yeah, you know, be confident and be proud of the things that you, uh, of the things that you're into. That's what uh, that's what I will say. Right, I think that's all the questions uh, from uh, the Facebook group. Thank you, as always. I will answer a couple more in the uh, YouTube chat if anyone's got they want to throw in there. But, of course, I should have mentioned, just as we do wrap things up, like to keep these around about an hour, I will say, obviously, Big Cass suffered quite, uh, quite a terrifying incident at a House of Hardcore show over the last seven days. He had a seizure. That's all I know. I know there were clips out there. Personally, I never want to see that stuff, so I won't watch it. Um, I hope he's doing all right. Tommy Dreamer, who obviously runs those events, has said that he is doing fine, which is the most important thing. I get that's, that's pretty much it, right? I just hope that he's doing all right because it sounded pretty bad. It, it, I don't know what's it's happened to him. And I feel quite... I'm going to say I feel sorry for Big Cass because that's demeaning and, and patronizing, but... I thought some of the reaction to a picture that came out of him at an indie show where maybe he wasn't in the best shape of his life was quite upsetting. And I don't want to get into more of this stuff because we just had a big chat about it, about this stuff anyway. But, you know, you don't know what's going on in his head. He's probably going through a hard time. Food is something that a lot of people rely on. It wasn't terribly out of shape. He just looked a bit more points than he does usually. So anyway, just a slow smile. I hope he's doing all right. I hope he's doing well. Uh, all best wishes to anyone that's injured. Same to Finn Balor. Uh, Dakota Kai, I think, has torn her ACL or something like that. So all the best to her. And to uh, Tiga Knox, who apparently had to get her knee scoped as well. So, you know, wrestling is tough. Injuries and surgeries and all that stuff do take a toll on your body. Uh, and it's difficult mentally, if nothing else. Physically, kind of easier to deal with them mentally. So shout out to... Um, to all of those people 
uh, all of those people as well. Right, I think that's it. I think that's the end of the podcast. I'll keep an eye on the chat just in case anything pops up that I can see to answer any more questions. But otherwise, you know the deal. Uh, please do subscribe to the podcast on iTunes if you don't already. Just search for Simon's Pro Wrestling Podcast. Subscribe to the channel if you would rather get your audio content this week. We'll do this every week at 2.30. Sometimes it will move, of course, because that's life. But it would always go live on a Wednesday. And you can catch the audio version on iTunes, Spotify. Well, not on Spotify. It's the only thing it's not on, but SoundCloud, Google Play, whatever they use. Uh, it's all supported by patreon.com forward slash Simon316. Even if you could throw a dollar in there, all the money comes back to this in terms of giving me time to free up in my day to do the podcast. Uh, check out What Culture Wrestling. Check out Rot Reacts. And my Twitter and Instagram is Simon316. I'd like more Instagram followers because I realize when you get to 10,000 followers, you can do something more fun. So if you want to like me on there, please do. Also saw a lot of... Uh, uh, two things actually I'll mention before we wrap up. So a lot of things about WrestleMania. All I'm going to do is smile. All I'm going to do is smile, watch this space, and uh, very nicely, Charlotte, you said this a lot as well, so I'll shout Charlotte out too, asked about my, my shoulder. It's still the, the great question, my shoulder. I have become a medical, uh, not medical marvel, that sounds good. I've become a medical question in the sense that I have full range of motion with my shoulder and yet it still hurts and I can't do any pushing movements. They don't know why that is. So I'm currently undergoing a bunch of fun, but we'll see. We'll watch this space. Either way, in 2019, I will be back in a wrestling ring. There's no two ways about it. There is no two ways about it. Uh, keep an eye on, I mean, there's no, nothing upcoming, but keep an eye on Defiant Loaded. That's where, you know, that's where I'll be headed, hopefully, if they'll have me at some point. But I will be back wrestling in 2019. That is, we're nowhere near done. I may have got uh, struck down once, but... I can get struck down a hundred times and I'll still pick my ass up and I'll get back. Anyway, look, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Again, numbers keep going up. That makes me really happy. Just, I mean, from an arrogant point of view, because like, oh, it's doing better. But also, I just like knowing the community is growing. So please, uh, please keep spreading the love. Please, uh, please keep joining in. I cannot talk. Go subscribe. Go do whatever. Uh, have yourself a lovely little day. And make sure you tune into the second episode that will drop on Friday and enjoy TLC. It's the last pay-per-view of the year. We made it. We made it through 2018 and we'll smash into 2019 with big smiles, uh, big smiles on our faces. Thank you again for all the lovely things that people say in the um, uh, in the comments. I just saw another one there. It really does mean. Always forget to make a thanks for watching thing. It's going to go back to starting soon, but you know what that means. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Be that on here, on YouTube, or in podcast land. I really appreciate it, and I will chat to you all very soon.